Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om Gyanatimarandasya Gyananjana Shalakaya Chakshura Militam Yena Tasmai Shri Gurave Namaha. As I was saying, we're studying the 17th chapter of the 8th canto. The Supreme Lord agrees to become Aditi's son. So it'll be brought up here, but as a reminder, Aditi just performed the Payovrata um, process of worship for 12 days. And she has pleased the Lord, as we're going to find out. And she is going to get her desires fulfilled. Okay, so first verse. Sukadeva Goswami said, oh, king. So we've, we're back to the uh, Sukadeva Goswami talking to Maharaj Parikshit. After Aditi was thus advised by her husband, Kasyapa Muni, she strictly followed his instructions without laziness and in this way performed the Payobrata ritualistic ceremony. And the short purport says that for advancement, I, I, I like the way Prabhupada says this, for advancement in anything, so he makes it very universal. For advancement in anything, especially spiritual life, one must strictly follow the bona fide instructions of the teacher. Aditi did this. She strictly followed the instructions of her husband and guru. As confirmed in the Vedic injunctions, yasya deve para bhaktir, ita deve tata guru. One should have complete faith in the guru who helps the disciple make progress in spiritual life. So I thought that last part of that, uh, uh, that sentence, who helps the disciple make progress in spiritual life is key because otherwise one can say, well, you know, that sounds like blind faith. One should have complete faith in the guru, yesya devi prak. Um, no, but if you, if you really feel you're being benefited by someone, truly benefited by someone, um, and you're learning something from them, then there's a relationship. Um, and this whole point about guru, disciple, or Prabhupada made it more generalized, apprent uh, apprenticeship and teacher, mentor and mentee, different uh, relationships that are there in the learning world. It's a question of relationship. Um, in my profession, sometimes one of my jobs is to connect mentors with mentees, with people who are just learning conflict resolution and people who've been doing it for a long time. And uh, it's trying to find the right chemistry between, between the two people. Um, just as Prabhupada would say that, you know, the, if the... Uh, if the male is potent and if the woman is uh, ready to receive the, the husband or the male, then, you know, a child can be born. So um, she has to be fertile and he's potent. I think that's the word. Yeah. So, um, so it's a relationship. So, um, and the, the, the relationship between teacher and student in Krishna consciousness in, in spiritual life between guru and disciple it's not just between them. Krishna's there. 
and the guru is connecting the student to Krishna, not to him or herself, um, but rather <clears throat> trying to um, be just the uh, transpire, transparent via medium by which uh, the, so that makes the relationship really trusting and fulfilling when the, it is not an exploitive one. It's not say you must have faith in me. No, it's, it's a natural consequence of getting a higher taste in Krishna consciousness. And one of the ways you can tell if you have a higher taste, now I'm thinking of Dana, and this, actually Dana and Henry, I'm sure Gurudas and David are like this also, but I just know a lot more about those two, is when you have an eagerness to hear about Krishna, that eagerness to hear Krishna, about Krishna is Krishna consciousness. Um, and uh, I know Henry's, like he said, he's been listening to the same class on Sunday for the last 15 years, and he listens to three or four classes every day. And Dana seems to be, you know, listening to Wisdom of the Sages, the Bhakti Center, Jayadwaita Maharaj, this, that. <laughs> so, but we can tell uh, one way to gauge our advancement in Krishna consciousness is our eagerness to hear. <clears throat> that uh, that desire, to, that, that taste that we have for hearing is a great way to gauge that we're doing okay spiritually. Um, and so to advance in, and just to repeat the first sentence, to advance in anything, especially in spiritual life, one must strictly follow the bona fide instructions of the teacher. So that strict following, again, comes from a desire to please the teacher, to uh, the, the, the relationship with the teacher, the sambandha. And by the way, uh, Nandi Mukhi, we're on Canto 8, Chapter 17, Verse 1. Thank you for joining us, all the way from New Jersey. Um, one must strictly follow the bona fide instructions of the teacher. And this, in the, in the traditional system, which was very much mentorship, apprenticeship, and, or even in India, the idea was even to like learn math, you had to please your math teacher. To learn science, you pleased your science teacher. There was a connection, there was that, that connection is, you could even say that the teacher lets you into the more inner chambers of their intelligence when there's that eagerness to learn from them. And I can remember, in high school, um, I was kind of trained to just make believe you were interested in what the teacher had to say <laughs> so that they would give you a good grade or write a good recommendation for you for college. But really, it wasn't a sincere uh, thing. And, and in general, we see that this, this mood of this teacher-student relationship is becoming uh, less and less so. Uh, when I grew up in the early, late, well, early 70s, primarily, um, we would say, you know, question authority. That was a, a, you know, and don't, don't trust anyone over 30 was another statement. And, and that, uh, and even today with the ad, not the advent, with the proliferation of technology, 
um, you know, 10 year, 10 or 12 year olds know more technology than their grandparents. And so someone, you know, they think, what is the use of them? They don't know how to, you know, whatever it is, uh, you know, find a podcast or something like that, you know? Uh, so the, the mood of the teacher student relationship has, and, and for good reason, sometimes, sometimes teachers have taken advantage of students, uh, either, either gurus or, or teachers, you know, in, 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 in schools and things. So they're, or they're just in it for the money or sometimes in big universities, sometimes it's said that you get a better education at community colleges than some of the top universities because in community colleges, the teachers are there because they want to teach. And often in big universities, their research universities, the professor really wants to do research and publish and not so much caring about the undergraduates and, and their, you know. So the teacher-student relationship is, is so important in, in life and in spiritual life. And it's also good to remember that we say that the Diksha Guru and Shiksha Guru are to be respected on the same level. So one may take Diksha from you know, initiation um, and get a, trans, a spiritual name from one person, but they may have uh, equal respect or even get more instruction, Shiksha means instruction, from someone else. They, they should both be respected but it's not uh, an either or proposition. And taking that a step further, although not exactly on the same level, we, we learn from our surroundings, we learn from things that uh, happen to us. Um, we even learn from people who have no spiritual inclination as Chanakya Pandit said, we can take gold from a dirty place. And there are 24 gurus that are mentioned in the world in the uh, 11th canto of the Srimad Bhagavatam. So uh, we are students, lifetime students. We may be teachers ourselves, and everyone here can be a teacher of Krishna consciousness. Whatever you know, you may not be a Sanskrit scholar, you may not have the Bhagavad Gita memorized, but whatever you may know, you can pass on to others. I remember one time, I may have told you this story. I was in San Diego many years ago at a Sunday program at the temple. And uh, at that time, His Holiness Guna Grimaraj was overseeing the, the program. He, he, he has uh, returned to the spiritual world now, but he, um, he was there at the time. And there was a professor who, had a, who came to this Sunday program. And so he told me, Brad, you go talk to him. <clears throat> after the kirtan and after the class uh, when we were taking prasadam. So when kirtan was over, class was over, and I was going to sit down next to the, uh, did I tell you this already? I was going to sit down next to the professor. You remember this one, Henry? No? Okay. And a very new devotee, brand new, just moved into the temple a week or two ago, sat down next to the professor instead of me. And I was like, oh, Okay, well, that'll be interesting. You know, this scholar is talking to this young 19-year-old. And so I was overhearing that conversation. And the professor said, so tell me, you know, about Krishna. And the devotee the, said, well, I've only been here a week or two. I don't know that much. But I can tell you this. 
that the devotees are very nice and the food is out of this world. And when I spoke to the professor afterwards, he said that was such a meaningful statement that he said, because that was his realization, his sincere realization. And so that really affected the professor. So any of us can teach whatever we know. And Prabhupada was like that. You know, he didn't say we had to go to a seminary for four years to start telling people about Krishna, although that's nice. But whatever we do know, uh, whatever our realization is, we can share that with others. So that was a long conversation, a long discussion about the teacher-student relationship. Um, what are your thoughts? Wait. Which which first did that spring from? Because I'm uh, sorry, I'm late. Yeah. No problem. Eight seventeen one. Oh, just the, off the first one. You're already off to a slow start. Okay. Yeah, I'm off to a slow start. <laughs> but it's an interesting story. Um, <laughs> you were just mentioning that the new devotee sitting down with the with the scholar. It could have been. It could have gone the other way. The scholar. The scholar could have said, "Oh, this this new 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 guy is an uh, example of the brainwashed culture. He's been he's been you know, uh, some so many devotees are accused of, oh, they, they, you know they don't know the philosophy. They just know what others have told them, kind of thing. So it's, it was really nice to hear that." <clears throat> That he was so impressed. <laughs> well, yes, because because the devotee—that's my point. The devotee didn't try to fake it. Didn't try to, you know, you are just a nonsense karmi dog, hog, camel ass. You're a rascal. How can you know anything about? No, he spoke from his realization, and he very humbly said, "I don't know that much, but I can tell you this much," and he spoke from his heart. And that you can't really—that's not cultish at all that's actually what we want devotees to do to speak from their realization and he just said people are really nice and the food's great i mean how can you argue with that <laughs> so yeah but that's that's the point gurudas that that's we should speak from our, our our realization and we should learn more i um like i said earlier to have an eagerness to hear so that we do have more to tell people and the, and and uh, also while you were speaking i was really grateful that you uh, started me thinking about when I came to the temple, uh, there was a bhakti program. Yeah. And I became, you know, that was my lifeline, that bhakti program. Um, whenever there was a gathering of devotees, we would all gather around our bhakti leader. Um, yeah. And uh, it, you're going to get very modest about this, but. Uh, whenever you give classes at the temple, uh, the persons that uh, became interested in Krishna because of your classes, they would gather around you and you, you know, would go from here to there. Um, you know, so uh, the point being, you know, the, the, the person who introduces or the person who first gives us that uh, sense of Krishna consciousness, we, we become very attached to that individual. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yes. Any other thoughts? Thank you, Prabhu. 
what you were saying about uh, Siksha Gurus and Diksha Gurus. My goodness, what a wonderful society Srila Prabhupada's created because we can go to so many wonderful temples and find so many realized devotees, so many so many uh, Siksha Gurus. You know, it's just, it's, uh, and, and at different times, um, you know, I say to someone, Krishna just sends the right person at the right time to tell you what you need to hear. And uh, so the information is out there, it's coming. We just have to keep our ears open and be listening sincerely. So many teachers. Yeah, you have a laundry list of Shiksha Gurus, right? Yeah, I would just like to second what Henry said. I, I have this starting to get this feeling that the elements you need are always there. I think God puts them there. You get in certain situations that, oh, I'm glad I kept this or I'm glad this was around my house. But I think it's that way for everything. You just have to be aware of really what's there. It's right there. Everything. Yeah. He gives everything to every, everyone, every bird, every bee. It's really all given to you. And the lower animals are better at finding what's given to them than we are. Because mm -hmm. we have a more complicated setup. So I just wanted to second what he said. I think it's right there. He puts it right there for you. And whether you can find it, that's the problem. It's like yeah. the radio, right? The radio waves are going all over this place. But you need to have the actual the mechanism of the radio to catch the Receiver. waves. Yeah. 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 Receiver, yeah. That was one of Prabhupada's favorite expressions. Everything is there. So that's... Um, a lot of there's we if we if we look if we keep our eyes open for it there's Krishna magic everywhere. My one of my good friends Shonaka Rishi Prabhu in 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 Oxford in England, he always goes Krishna 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 hey, or he'd say let's see what the blue boy has in store for us today, <laughs> or uh, Raghunath says sweet baby Krishna, was that what he says Although sweet baby. Although I can, um, I, I want to do a spoiler. Okay. I'm alerting you now. Cover your ears. But when Krishna does appear, he appears as Vishnu. Says he has four hands. So. Something. Yes. Blue, in this chapter. Wasn't a blue boy this time. Yeah. In this chapter, just, that's right. Just yes. getting in a word for that. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God! You ruined all the fun. Let's go on to the next uh, verse. Two and three, uh, with full undiverted attention. Aditi thought of the Supreme Personality of God, and in this way brought under full control her mind and senses, which resembled forceful horses. She concentrated her mind upon the Supreme Lord Vasudev. Thus she performed the ritualistic ceremony known as Payopraka. And in the purport, Prabhupada quotes this most important verse, Anyabhilashitasunyam, Gyana Karmad Gyanavritam, Anukulyena Krishna Anu Shilinam Bhaktir Uttama. Um, that's a definition of pure devotional service that one should render transcendental loving service to the Supreme Lord Krishna favorable as without desire for material profit or gain from through fruitive activities or philosophical speculation. That is called pure devotional service. And then Paul says it's he says it so simply, but it's not so easy to do. One simply has to concentrate upon the lotus feet of Vasudeva Krishna. Savaimana Krishna Padara Then the mind and senses will be controlled, and one can engage himself fully in the devotional service of the Lord. The devotee does not need 
to practice the Tatha Yoga system to control the mind and senses. His mind and senses are automatically controlled because of unalloyed devotional service to the Lord. So it says the translation with full undiverted attention. That was not easy thousands of years ago when there weren't newspapers, internets, cell, smartphones, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So what to speak of today? So if this is our, it, 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 you know, it's so hard to, to remain focused on anything. And if it, it's, our brain gets like used to just reading one sentence and go to the next uh, website or, or this or that. And, and we're, we're, we're trying to concentrate on something and then we get a notification on our Outlook or our Gmail. Uh, you know, you, you know, or in the old days, right? It was, you got mail, right? Um, there's so many distractions. So it seems that part of being a devotee, successful devotee in 2022 is having a plan of how we're going to use electronics so that it doesn't use us. And with the algorithms uh, that YouTube and uh, Facebook, et cetera, use, they're trying to capture our attention. And we, it, it's really important to, in this day and age to have a game plan to deal with the distractions of life. Because here in the purport, Prabhupada is saying that if you can control your mind and senses in this way by always thinking of Krishna, concentrating on Vasudeva Krishna, then we can be fully engaged in devotional service. Um, but there's, there's competition. There's all the news that's going on in the world. There's all the sports that's going on in the world. There's all the entertainment that's going on in the world. There's, there's our relationships with family members and friends or frenemies or whatever. Um, and therefore, it's really important to find some, at least set aside some time when we're just with Krishna every day. And usually for devotees, that's, you know, hearing, hearing a class or something like that and, and chanting our japa beats. That it's just a time to be with Krishna without any distractions. Turn off all electronics um, or set them aside or whatever and just be with Krishna. And so this last sentence about the Hatha Yoga so if we can do that, we do, yes, we don't need the Hatha Yoga to control our mind and senses. Krishna will help us. That doesn't mean that things like pranayama, especially Prabhupada mentions in the Bhagavatam, cannot be helpful. It can be helpful. I think anyone who's ever done pranayama or done some yoga, you're, you're, you feel more sattvic, you feel more concentrated. So some people have found doing a little pranayama before chanting quiets the mind. It's not that it's it's necessary because we just need to chant Krishna's name. But if it's if it's unequal, if it's helpful, then it might be good for some people to consider. But the goal is to chant attentively. If something helps us do that, so be it. But it is a real, you know, we shouldn't minimize it. It's a, we, you know, we we've become in a short period of time like fish in water. You know, the fish don't even notice the water. I just think it's all the, so how much the electronics have uh, or technology have controlled us 
uh, we don't even kind of notice it. We come home from whatever, and the first thing some people do is we just turn on the computer, almost mindlessly. Right? Where we think that that email has to be replied right away. Yeah, so um, it seems like technology is here to stay, <laughs> but how we use it instead of letting it use us is, uh, is important. Some thoughts? Yeah, just quickly, I have a technique for email. Yes. The most important thing of using email is fast deletion. So fast deletion. Yeah, it's like a uh, place you ordered shorts from, you know, someplace, delete. Anybody gets your email, right? So if you can whip through and say, and just have where you're pressing the same thing and your steam coming up as they're coming up, you delete, 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 weed down till you see, okay, Braj, I want to delete him. <laughs> Thanks. <So> fast, <laughs> have a fast deletion risk method. As soon as you sign in, get down to like, and then sometimes you get all the way to yesterday and it was all junk. And so now you saved all that time of looking at those stupid things. Good. Thank you for that. Thank you for that, Andy. So if I need you to go, you can go through my emails and I just delete it all. <laughs> Some interfaces make it really easy. Like on the phone, you can just slide your finger. Yeah. Like yeah. swipe left and you can wipe through those because most of it you don't care. I don't care about. Maybe that's just me. Yeah. Well, I get some that I can't ignore, but yeah, I get your point. Yes. But you have to recognize those quickly. So you should be whipping through and cutting out all the chaff, <laughs> you know, and just leaving yeah. the wheat. And then you and see, I, oh. And I make sure I unsubscribe to just about everything. Everything that I've subscribed, you know, like you said, I bought something at, uh, you know, wherever at some time. And then, yeah. So uh, unsubscribing can be really uh, safe. Make our minds more peaceful. Uh, and one thing I, I think I told you that I do is I just either the Washington Post or CNN, I just get the five top stories of the day and then I don't read the papers or anything. That's my thing. Some people think it's really important to keep up with the news and this, that that's fine for them. I'm not belittling that, but I just find get the essence and then pick up my beads. Other thoughts on technology or just, or not technology, but just the, this point of this verse about um, undiverted attention, the relationship with bhakti and hatha yoga, um, mind and sense control. Anything else? Hare Krishna Prabhu. Yes, Nani Bukhi, Hare Krishna. Greetings from New Jersey. New Jersey, very good. I'm glad you're learning how to pronounce it properly. Very good. Yeah. We're impressed. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> I was just, just thinking about this point of concentrating on Krishna. I remember there is a description also in Lilamrita when uh, the, the temple devotees are uh, building up Krishna Bala, Balaram Mandir over there. And Rindana. there are some, yeah, there are some discussion on, on this point. Uh, would you mind to just read it? No, please read it. Oh, oh thank you. So it's like this uh, This devotee is speaking to uh, Shri Prabhupada. He said, Prabhupada, I'm having so much difficulty. I don't have time to read. I can't chant my rounds properly. I can't think of Krishna. I'm always thinking of how this contractor is cheating us 
or I'm thinking of signing checks for labor and materials. It's just too much. All these things on my mind are stopping me from thinking of Krishna. And this is how Prabhupada replied. Do you think Arjuna was simply meditating on Krishna on the battlefield of Kurukshetra? Do you think Arjuna was sitting in yogic trance while on the battlefield Krishna worked? No, he was fighting. He was killing for Krishna. He was thinking of all the soldiers he had to kill for Krishna. Thinking of the checkbook, thinking of the men, thinking of the contractors. These is also like Arjuna's thinking. This is Krishna's service. You should not worry about thinking of Krishna directly. Arjuna wasn't sitting before Krishna in a trance, meditating on his form. He was engaged in Krishna's service. Similarly, this is Krishna's service, and you should engage. Your life is full of Krishna's service, and that is very good. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yes, so Krishna's service and Krishna are non-different. And then in other places, he say, make sure when you're chanting Japa with full concentration. So they're not contradictory, but different time, different place, different circumstance. But yes, Prabhupada, uh, um, he once said that uh, one of the reasons he gave us so many big projects to do, like in Mayapur, he said, because if I told you, come to Mayapur, just sit down and chant Hare Krishna, you wouldn't come. So I've given you these big, big projects to keep your mind busy in Krishna's service. Yes, that's how it is applicable to oh, different people. Yeah, totally. I know if I was, you know, the 19-year-old version of Raja Bihari, if if I thought Krishna consciousness was, I just sit down for eight hours a day and chant uh, Japa, I probably would have uh, um, said thanks, but no thanks. But the fact that there was kirtan and there was um, classes and there was work to do during the day. Yeah, it really was helpful. Now the 63-year-old version of Rajabihari is a little more attracted to uh, going someplace and chanting some extra japa. Thank you, Nani Muki. Thank you very much for that. Yes, and, and balancing out that point nicely. Is there anybody that's fairly new on this call, do you think? What uh, new? Fairly um, new, yeah. Not really. Oh, okay, forget it then. Why do you ask? Though? Go ahead. Well, I'm just saying this is for me what meditation is. Like you can meditate on Arjuna because I thought about the same thing since she brought it up. He had to kill people he knew. He was killing people. He knew that whole clan, right? Even if he didn't personally recognize each person, somebody. He was going to be killing somebody that they might know very well, a cousin or a nephew. He was he had to kill people that he knew that he didn't really want to kill. Not only because it was just killing, but people he knew. That's what he had to do. That's how much he was up against in that situation. He had to do his service. And so we yeah. have our service. Yeah. yeah. Now, of course, everyone, everyone who died in the Battle of Kukshetra attained liberation. That's a whole other thing yeah, and that yeah, might have yeah. that might have pacified him a lot <laughs> but, but my point is not really about service it's about meditation so uh -huh. if you just read this and you say okay he did this krishna said this great right but if you 
visualize, well, what was it like out on the battlefield? It was- oh, So you're saying it was meditate, yeah, got it. Yeah, if you can meditate on, on, on things that just seem like straightforward at first and really get a deep understanding. For me, that's meditation. Nice, yes. Yeah. Yeah, probably one time, you know, there was a lot of noise during the construction. I think it was in Mayapur, but I'm not sure. Maybe it was in Vrindavan. And, you know, you know, they're click, click, click. And the voice, oh, it's so noisy. And Prabhupada said, no, this is this sound, this is the sound of Kirtan. Because he knew the temple was being built for Krishna. Very good. Anything else on this? So then we are going up to verse number eight. So verse number four, my dear King, the original Supreme Personality of Godhead dressed in yellow garments and bearing a conch shell, disc, club and lotus. There you go, for, in his four hands, then appeared before Aditi. When the Supreme Personality of Godhead became visible to Aditi's eyes, Aditi was so overwhelmed by transcendental bliss that she at once stood up and then fell down to the ground like a rod to offer the Lord her respectful obeisances. Aditi stood silently with folded hands, unable to offer prayers to the Lord. Because of transcendental bliss, tears filled her eyes and the hairs on her body stood on end. Because she could see the Supreme Personality of God face to face, she felt ecstasy and her body trembled. O Maharaj Prikshit, the demigoddess Aditi then began offering her prayers to the Supreme Personality of Godhead in a faltering voice and with great love. She appeared as though drinking through the, her eyes the Supreme Lord, who is the husband of the goddess of fortune, the enjoyer of all sacrificial ceremonies, and the master and lord of the entire universe. Text 8. The goddess Aditi said, O master, an enjoyer of all sacrificial ceremonies, oh, infallible and most famous person whose name, when chanted, spreads all good fortune. Oh, original Supreme Personality of Godhead, Supreme Controller, shelter of all holy places. You are the shelter of all poor, suffering, living entities, and you have appeared to diminish their suffering. Please be kind to us and spread our good fortune. So let's look at this purport. That writes that the Supreme Personality of God is the master of those who observe vows and austerities, and it is he who bestows benediction upon them. Now listen to this. He is worshipable for the devotee throughout the devotee's life. For he, Krishna, Vishnu, never breaks his promises. As he says in Bhagavad Gita, Kunteya, O son of Kunti, Arjuna, declare it boldly that my devotee never perishes. The Lord is addressed here as Achuta, the infallible, because he takes care of his devotees. So I was, this reminded me of um, two verses, very famous verses in the um, fifth chapter of the first canto about how Krishna takes care of his devotees. So even if we have some challenges in our Krishna consciousness, Krishna takes care of us. So 
1.5.17 says, one who has forsaken his material occupations to engage in the devotional service of the Lord may sometimes fall down while in an immature stage, yet there is no danger of his being unsuccessful. On the other hand, a non-devotee, though fully engaged in occupational duties, does not gain anything. They're just doing karma. And then two, two verses later, 1519. My dear Vyas, even though a devotee of Lord Krishna sometimes falls down somehow or other, he certainly does not undergo material existence like others, fruitive workers, etc. Because, and here's the key thing, a person who has once relished the taste of the lotus feet of the Lord can do nothing but remember that ecstasy again and again. And we were talking earlier about that taste for hearings, so that taste for bhakti is the blessings of Krishna. And for one who's tasted that, Krishna never leaves that person. Declare it boldly, my devotee never perishes. Krishna, and it says, uh, Krishna, he takes care of his devotees. Anyone inimical to the devotees is certainly vanquished by the mercy of the Lord. That's another way of taking care of the devotees. Okay. So, but maybe, no, I'll, I'll keep going. But if you have any questions, just let me know. Because that, that's the first point I want to make. Now, the next point. Uh, the Lord is the source of the Ganges, the Ganges water. And therefore, he is addressed here as Tirtha Pada, indicating that all the holy places are at his lotus feet, or that whatever he touches with his foot becomes a holy place. Bhagavad Gita, for example, begins with the words Dharma Kshetre, Kuru Kshetre. Because the Lord was present on the battlefield of Kurukshetra, it, it, it became a Dharma Kshetra, a place of pilgrimage. Therefore, the Pandavas, who were extremely religious, were assured of victory. Any place where the Supreme Personality of God displays his pastimes, such as Vrindavan or Dwarka, becomes a holy place. The chanting of the holy name of the Lord, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare, is pleasing to the ear, and it expands good fortune to the audience who hears it's chant it chanted. Owing to the presence of the Supreme Personality of God, Aditi was fully assured that the troublesome condition created for her by the demons would now be ended. So there's a lot to be said here. There, there's an important word. I'll put it in the chat if you're not familiar with it. Tadia. And Tadia um, literally means in relationship with the Lord. So I'll read something from uh, another part of Prabhupada's writings. When one is particularly adherent to the process of pada sevana, that means serving the lotus feet of Krishna, this process gradually includes other processes. So, so that includes seeing the form of the Lord, touching the form of the Lord, circumambulating the form or the temple of the Lord, visiting such holy places as Jagannath Puri, Dwarka, Mathura, to see the Lord's form and bathing in the Ganges or Jamuna. Bathing in the Ganges and serving a pure Vaishnava are also known as Tadiya Upasana. This is also Padasevana, 
the word Tadia means in relationship with the Lord. So service to Vaishnavas, Tulsi, Ganges, and Jamuna are included in Pada Sevena, which is again serving the lotus feet. All these processes of Pada Sevena help one advance in spiritual life very quickly. So things that in, are in relationship to Krishna are of great interest to the devotee. The Bhagavatam is in relationship to Krishna. Krishna's devotees are in relationship to Krishna. The holy name is Krishna. Um, holy places are connected to Krishna. So like that. So, uh, and article like Krishna's flute, the holy play, these are considered as worshipful as Krishna, Tadiya. And temple, uh, now it's expanded even more that temples, even in a country like Canada or the US, that's also holy places if Krishna is there and devotees are there. We can make our home Tadiya, a holy place. And of course, Vrindavan is automatically Tadiya um, in relationship with Krishna. <clears throat> so in this way, devotee, we, can, we have the possibility of surrounding ourselves in so many different ways in things that are in relationship with the Lord. If we can do that, then we, uh, yeah, then we can become very, very advanced in Krishna consciousness by, just like I was hearing recently, that if you chant Hare Krishna in front of a Tulasi plant, Krishna is always with Tulasi. So Krishna's there with Tulsi. Of course, he's also there when you chant his name. Henry, we're all getting envious of you getting uh, vitamin D3 there in the sun. Very good. So some thoughts, questions about Tadiya. It's, in other words, there's Krishna and things in relation, directly in relationship to Krishna, and they are both spiritual. And even a, something like a computer can be spiritualized. <laughs> if we use it in Krishna's service. The computers are so amazing. What you can do, like this morning, I was watching um, Kadamba Kanana Swami giving, um, you know, sannyasi initiation at Bhaktivedanta Manor. And oh, that next was today. To, oh, my goodness, it was wonderful. Jaid Waita Swami was sitting next to him and... Um, you know, Indra Duna Swami was there also, and um, and, and it was, he was just speaking brilliantly. And um, I just think how miraculous these computers are that I can attend an event outside of London, you know, first <laughs> thing in the morning. And <laughs> How nice. What was his name, Sutapa's name? You know, I didn't hear that part, yeah. actually. I just, because the next class started and I just been turned it off just yeah, to see go somewhere else in the world. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah, so it is, they are amazing if we use them in Krishna's service. And they could also get us in Maya amazingly fast. <laughs> They're a real true double-edged sword. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, anything else? So uh, Aditi continues in text number nine. My Lord, 
you are the all-pervading universal form, the fully independent creator, maintainer, and destroyer of this universe. Although you engage your energy and matter, you are always situated in your original form and never fall from that, that position. For your knowledge is infallible and always suitable in any situation. You are never bewildered by illusion. Oh, my Lord, let me offer my respectful obeisances unto you. And in the purport, Prabhupada uh, quotes the Adi Lila uh, 2.117, Siddhanta Baliya Chitte Nakkari Alasa, Iha Hoite Krishna Lage Suri De Manasa. Manasa. Anyone trying to become fully Krishna conscious must know the Lord's glories as far as they are possible to understand. Here, Aditi hints at these glories. The universe is nothing but the external potency of the Lord. This is confirmed in Bhagavad Gita. Maya Tadamidam Sarvam. Whatever we see in this universe is but an expansion of the potency of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, just as the sunshine and heat are all, uh, all over the universe are expansions of the sun. When one surrenders unto the Supreme Personality of Godhead, he surpasses the influence of the illusory energy. For the Supreme Lord, being fully wise and being situated in the heart of everyone, especially in the heart of the devotee, gives one intelligence by which one is sure never to fall into illusion. So the question is, it says here that we should, uh, anyone trying to become fully Krishna conscious must know the Lord's glories as far as they are possible to understand. So what do you think is some good things to do to know the glories of the Lord? It's not a rhetorical question. I actually would be happy if you did some thought to this. What can we do to better understand the glories of the Lord? I think better learn how to meditate. Okay, learn how to meditate. Okay, and I would say yes, especially learn how to meditate on Krishna's names. Yeah, okay, what else? How about uh, looking at some of the pictures of the Hubble telescope? Remember we did that once, I think? And you just see how vast, this is a little corner of one universe just a little corner of it. We don't even know how big this universe is. And, and when you see those pictures, it's like, wow. Right? And, yeah. and if you then, if you accept the Vedic version that this universe is like one mustard seed and a big bag of mustard seeds, then if you further understand that the material creation is at best one quarter of the entire creation, then you think, Oh my God. <laughs> well, can I say something more? Yeah. That's why I think atheism is, is a big belief, right? Because you're supposed to see all this wonder and glory and say, well, yeah, it kind of went overboard, the universe it did in creating itself. And it's just, it's, can you believe that? All that is just accidental spill off that 10 billion light years away, there's this stuff that's uh, so incredible. It's just hard to believe. 
you know, yeah. for me. So I meditate yes. on why, why does it have to be so great? I mean, it's, it's off the charts. This it's is just, this is just a side thing for Krishna, right? It's a little bit of his external energy flings it off yeah. and you get all this, right? That's, that's just scratching the surface. It's a side gig. Yeah. Yeah. And it doesn't need the money. Yeah, it's not his main uh, no. energy. He's a dancer. Yeah. <laughs> and other things. Yes, very good. Very, very nicely put, Candy. Other thoughts on understanding Krishna's greatness, Krishna's glories? Well, I would say hearing about Krishna, reading the Shastra, and, um, and just thinking about you know, some of these points that, uh, that, you know, he, how he entered and in, enters into everyone's heart as a super soul uh, and different ways that we can see him in nature. Yeah. I was going to say spending time with all of you guys. <laughs> okay. Yes. Associating with devotees. Very good, Dana. Yeah. Um, exactly. Bringing it back to nature too. I mean, for me, if you're anywhere near the ocean or in the deep woods, or even just looking up at the stars at night, it just, it really puts things into, into that perspective as well. So those are my two big things is nature and all of you guys. So Sadhu Sangha and looking at Krishna's material creation. Yeah, especially if you're, I was talking to a friend of mine who uh, is an astronomer and he drove out to um, Southeast New Mexico. And there he said, forget it. You know, there's no lights for tens of miles and you can just see, you know, especially on, I think it's new moon at time. Uh, you know, you can, it's just breathtaking. That's just with the naked eye. And I want to speak when he gets out his super powerful telescopes and he sent me some pictures. It's just, whoa. Yeah. Okay, but it's important to, but here we're hearing that it's important to, to um, be aware of this. Andy, are you gonna say something? Even astronomers can fall into that trap because they think, well, because I chose astronomy, that's why I'm seeing all this. It was my doing, right? So you can easily get tripped up that way too. Yeah, you even can name planets and things and stars as if they don't have a name already. <laughs> I'm sure the star is saying like, well, thanks a lot for calling me, you know, Centrion 12805 or whatever it is. Oh, unlimited one. These are her realizations. If your lordship is satisfied, one can very easily attain a lifetime as long as that of Lord Brahma, a body either in the upper, lower, or middle planetary systems. Unlimited material opulence, religion, economic development, and satisfaction senses. Full transcendental knowledge and the eight yoga perfections. What to speak of such petty achievements as conquering one's rivals. Sukadeva Goswami said, O Maharaj Prikshit bested the Parata dynasty. When the lotus-eyed Lord, the super, the super soul of all living entities, was thus worshipped by Aditi, 
he replied as follows. Supreme Personality of God had said, O mother of the demigods, I have already understood your long-cherished desire for the welfare of your sons, who have been deprived of all opulences and driven from their residence by the enemies, by their enemies. O Devi, goddess of fort, O goddess, one can understand that you want to regain your sons and be together with them to worship me. After defeating the enemies in battle and retrieving your abode and opulences. Now, so one could say, I don't need to pray because it says here, Krishna just already knows my desires. That may be there at the same time as we said in the very first verse, prayer connects us with Krishna. It's a relationship. It's a relationship. You know, it doesn't work very well. Any of us who, uh, uh, are married, have been married, or had a significant other. Um, sometimes it, it, it helps to say, I really love you, I really care for you, and you don't just, no, I don't, I, don't, I don't have to say that for the next 30 years of our relationship, because you already know it. So, you know, so it, it, it strengthens the relationship like that. So prayer, uh, we say, oh, Krishna, I don't need to pray to you, because um, you already know. What's going on? It's an expression of our desire. And it, and it, uh, it increases the relationship. You want to see the wives of the demons lamenting for the death of their husbands when those demons, the enemies of your sons, are killed in the battle by the demigods of whom Indra is the chief. Now, that's not fully a spiritual desire, by the way. You want your sons to regain their lost reputation and opulence and live again on the heavenly planet as usual, yes? A mother of the demigods, in my opinion, almost all the chiefs of the demons are now unconquerable, for they are being protected by brahmanas whom the Supreme Lord always favors. Thus, the use of power against them now will not at all be a source of happiness. Yet, because I have been satisfied by the activities of your vow, O goddess Aditi, I must find some means to favor you, for worship of me never goes in vain, but certainly gives the desired result according to what one deserves. So there you go. That's important, right? You made Krishna, please give me a, a billion dollars. But our karma, what we deserve, may not match that. You have prayed to me and properly worshiped me by performing the great Prata ceremony for the sake of protecting your sons. Because of Kasyapa Muni's austerities, I shall agree to become your son and thus protect your other sons. Always thinking of me as being situated within the body of your husband, Kasyapa, go worship your husband who has been purified by his austerities. Oh, lady, even if someone inquires, you should not disclose this fact to anyone. That which is very con confidential is, is successful if kept secret. And Sukadeva Swami said, after speaking in this way, the Supreme Personality of God had disappeared from that very spot. Aditi, having received the extremely valuable benediction that the Lord would appear as her son, considered herself very successful, and with great devotion, she approached her husband. 22. Being situated in a meditational trance, Kasyapa Muni, whose vision is never mistaken, could see that a plenary portion of the Supreme Personality of God had entered into him. O King, as the wind promotes 
friction between two pieces of wood and thus gives rise to fire. Kasyapa Muni, whose transcendental position was fully absorbed in this supreme personality of God, transferred his potency into the womb of Aditi. And Prabhupada uses most of this purport to be very strong that Krishna is not like us. Our body is a product of, as Prabhupada used the word here, the human secretions of sexual intercourse. Krishna's body is not like that at all. He's trying to be really, really clear about this. Um, you know, he says, similarly here, it is to be understood that the union of Kashapamuni and Diti was not like the sexual intercourse of ordinary human beings. Um, and probably the next paragraph says, similarly, um, he says, the Lord entered the womb of Aditi. Therefore, this is a transcendental pastime of the Lord. This should not be misunderstood. One should not think that the Lord became the son of Aditi the way an ordinary child is born because of sexual intercourse between men and women. Here it may be, next paragraph, here it may be also, it may also be appropriate to explain in these days of controversy, the origin of life. The life force of the living entity, the soul, is different from the ovum and semen of the living, of the human being. Although the conditioned soul has nothing to do with the reproductive cells, so the soul has nothing to do with these reproductive cells of men and women, he is, we are placed into the proper situation because of our work. Karmana, daivi, netrena. So then the next sentence even says it more clearly. Life is not, however, the product of two secretions, secretions, but is independent of all material elements. So that is the soul. And Prabhupada is trying to make it really clear. First, that we're different than Krishna. <laughs> Krishna doesn't... Uh, okay, there's two people coming uh, an hour late. We welcome them, but they're coming still. Welcome, Adam. Welcome, Shushil. Hare Krishna. We were, I think you probably know, we started, we're an hour into this. I know for Adam, it's super early for you. You're in Hawaii. So no problem. Thank you for even taking the time to join us. Much appreciated. And welcome, Shushil. So, um, we are not Krishna. We, we didn't have a choice. We didn't uh, make a conscious choice of which country we're born in, which family we're born in, what our mother would be like, what our father would be like. But Krishna has full independence. He's not like us. He's not born of the secretion of uh, the, the conjugal relationship of male and female. And so Prabhupada is trying to make it really clear, even in this Leela here, that that is the uh, reality. So, yeah, sometimes he'll do that. He'll take a whole a paragraph, a purport to just make it, you know, drive home a, uh, a point. That the, and even that we, the soul, who we really are has nothing to do 
with the reproductive cells of men and women. It's not us. And what to speak of it not being Krishna. So comments, questions on this point? Okay. Yes, Animuki. Yes, that's, I think what you have explained is, is very, very um, um, sufficient because Krishna here, he appeared in this way just to favor his devotee, Kashyapamuni and Aditi. They, he actually don't need to appear in that way, but he consciously make that choice. Mm. Yes. And it's, it's a little hard to handle in our envious mind that Krishna can do whatever he wants, but we're not allowed to do whatever we want. <laughs> we yeah. do really exercise our freedom when we choose to take up devotional service, choose to take up bhakti, path of bhakti. But I remember the first time someone said, I, I, I said to the, you know, I was new, to Krishna consciousness, I said, you know, it's a little hard to accept that, that first of all, that there's a boar incarnation and that the boar comes out of the nostril of Lord Brahma. So that's a little tough to swallow. And the devotee told me, he said, do you think Krishna needs your permission to do whatever he likes to do? <laughs> He said, if it wasn't extraordinary, then it wouldn't be the pastimes of God because God practically by definition is extraordinary. So that, that took me for, I had to think about that for a few weeks. <laughs> then I said that to me. Yeah, abhigya swarat. Swarat means independent. Krishna, ultimately he can do what he likes. And, you know, who's going to stop him? If he can build, if he can create universes, how am I going to stop Krishna from treating me the way he wants to treat me for my benefit? Thank you, Nandimuthi. Anything else? Okay, then text 24 was the last one I asked you to read. When Lord Brahma understood that the Supreme Personality of God was now within the womb of Aditi, he began to offer prayers to the Lord by reciting transcendental names. So this is Lord Brahma. He, he, he knew what was up. Purport, the Supreme Personality of God exists everywhere. Andantara Stam, Sta Paramanu Charantara Stam. Therefore, when one chants his transcendental names, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare. Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Supreme Personality of God it is automatically pleased by such Sankirtan. It is not that the Supreme Personality of God it is absent. He is present there. And when a devotee utters a transcendental name, it is not a material sound. Therefore, the Supreme Personality of God it is naturally pleased. A devotee knows that the Lord is present everywhere and that one can please him simply by chanting his holy name. So we talked about this a little bit, seeing Krishna everywhere. You know, Dana was talking about the beach and the forests and but even in you know the factories of this world krishna is that exists everywhere and then the way to be like the radio that connects with the krishna wave is 
here it's mentioned twice the chanting of Krishna's name, which is not different from Krishna. And Krishna is, quote here, automatically pleased by such sankirtan. And it's not that the Lord is absent, he says. He is present. He is present in, in, in his name if we chant with the desire to please him. So a devotee knows that the Lord is present everywhere and that one can please him simply by chanting his holy name. So we may know the Lord is everywhere, by his different potencies, and still we worship the Lord, uh, the form of the Lord. Still we chant Krishna's name. Uh, still we go to a temple of the Lord. Still, still we take prasadam. And we can say, well, Krishna's in all the food. What's the difference? Well, things that are related to bhakti take this all to another level. And the best way to perform bhakti in this age is to chant Krishna's name. So, any questions, comments, thoughts on that? Okay. Then we'll continue this, the end of this chapter, text 25. The Lord Brahma said, O Supreme Personality of Godhead, all glories unto you who are glorified by all those whose activities are uncommon. I offer my respectful obeisances unto you, O Lord of the Transcendentalists, Controller of the three modes of material nature. I offer my respectful obeisances unto you again and again. We were talking about this, I think, on Friday. Um, it's a big deal that Krishna controls the modes of material nature because we're completely under their control as conditioned souls. And the fact that there's someone who's above them and not is the controller of them but not controlled by them, it's actually very significant. I offer my respectful obeisances, text 26, to the all, uh, unto you, the all-pervading Lord Vishnu, who have entered the core of the hearts of all living entities. All the three worlds reside within your navel, yet you are above the three worlds. Formerly, you appeared as a son of Krishna. To you, the supreme controller, who are understood only by Vedic knowledge, I offer my respectful obeisances. Oh, my Lord, you are the beginning, the manifestation, and the ultimate destiny dissolution of the three worlds. You are celebrated in the Vedas as a reservoir of unlimited potencies. The Supreme Person, oh my Lord, as waves attract branches and leaves at, that have fallen into deep water, you, the Supreme Eternal Time Factor, attract everything in this universe. The purport Prophet writes simply, the time factor is something described as colors, waves of time. <coughs> Sorry. Everything in this material world is within the time factor and being carried away by waves of attraction, which represent the Supreme Personality of God. So we get carried away. We were talking about distractions earlier. Here's another analogy. By the waves of attraction, the different waves and finally, text 28, my Lord, you are the original generator of all living entities, stationary or moving, and you are also the generator of the prajapatis. Oh, my Lord, as the boat is the only hope for a person drowning in the water, you are the only shelter for the demigods who are now bereft of their heavenly position. 
Let's hand the Bhakti on the purports of the eighth chant of 17th chapter of the Srimad Bhagavatam entitled The Supreme Lord Agrees to Become Aditi's Son. So we did it. We uh, read a whole chapter in one sitting. It's pretty good. Uh, next chapter is The Supreme Lord, oh no, uh, Lord Vamanadeva, the Dwarf Incarnation. It's also a pretty short chapter. Uh, questions, comments? So, um, let me look at a calendar. So next week, um, I'll have to see. I'm going to be up, uh, Krishna willing, I'm going to be up at Super Soul Farms in New York at a 4th of July retreat. And I could conceivably give the class if there's nothing you know, going on there. So I will let you, I'll, I'll find out soon as possible what the plans are for July 3rd and um, see if we have a class that day, okay? But we can end a little early today, unless you have any questions or comments. Krishna, Prabhuji, do I uh, join late today? Yes, you join one hour late. Oh, maybe my time fits <laughs> in. <laughs> no problem. Uh, because I read the uh, Bhagavatam, as you mentioned, the chapter 17. Today I go through with you. Before every time I lost my chapter. Akshab, <laughs> but now you did it. And Chakare, <laughs> yeah. Krishna Ki Gripa, what to do? <laughs> Yeah, you joined an hour late. You're you're in a different time zone, right? You're in Texas. Yeah, I'm Texas. Uh, actually, my PC shows the time late, so yeah, time uh, late. That's why I, I was forget that today. Yeah. Now, four weeks, maybe I join with you. It's at ten thirty Eastern, eleven uh, nine thirty Central time, Texas time. TK. Yeah. Very good. Anything else? Questions? Comments? Next week, probably I'll read you through all. Very good, thank you. Appreciate that. Okay, well, it's someone. It's good to see you, David, Adam, Saradia, Henry, Shushil, Nandimuki, Adam, Gurudas, Henry, Dana, and all the people listening to the recordings. Welcome and uh, good night. <laughs> uh, thank you. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna.